0: Nick Kiprios here, and we need to talk new energy. New Energy is a great-tasting, chewable tablet I carry everywhere. Whether I'm broadcasting a late-night double header or going to an early-morning pickup skate, New Energy is, hands down, my go-to to help promote alertness, wakefulness, and relieve fatigue with only ingredients I love. Look for the orange stick at a retailer near you, or look for my webpage at getnewenergy.com slash kiprios. That's getneuenergy.com slash kiprios. This product may not be right for you. Always read and follow the link. Recording this one, CFL Grey Cup Sunday. Got the kid, as always, Adam Ermintrout with us. It's the World Hockey Report with Cody and Adam. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Cody? Just living it up. Grey Cup Sunday, of course, can't complain. Um,. Man, it's it's kind of weird. I haven't watched a Grey Cup in a long time. It's at, I can't remember the last full Grey Cup I've actually watched. Do you like watch it yearly? I guess I assume you're a pretty big CFL fan. Eh?
1: Um, I'm not as big as a a CFL fan as you might think. Uh, I probably yeah I watch all the Grey Cups and stuff like that. They actually get pretty entertaining, but I'm not the guy who's sitting there on Saturday for six hours watching Grey Cup Saturday or any of that.
0: Did you uh, put any dough down on this one?
1: Nah, because the odds weren't weren't too good. I I put some dough on in the NFL today, and thanks to Ben Roethlisberger for throwing a last second pick there to screw me over. So there we go. Still got the uh, Predators and Oilers to win, though. I already added the Flames, so there's still hope for me. Ooh, I don't know. Those Kings
0: might get them. Late night one. We're recording this on a Sunday, of course. It's World Hockey Report, a ton. To talk to you. So that pod list bunch of stuff going on. Uh, let's start with last night though. Oh my goodness. Um, you had the live blog going. So Boston and Montreal. First thing I don't, I saw your tweet. I didn't know what was funny about it or really get it. What was Elliot Freeman saying Boone versus meal? I, I do not understand that.
1: He started, it started off a couple of years ago where he'd call Calgary Cal, like for the abbreviations, he'd call them Cal instead of C J Y, which i think is the appropriate one and then it just kind of escalated from there like people would always tweet him like oh it should be this it should be this and then i think he just took it to a new level because i think on on his own podcast they said oh so now you're just doing it he he basically said he's just doing it to troll people so he's got like vcr for vancouver and then he had boone for boston and meal for montreal just like funny stuff like that and It's actually really smart of him. I mean, if he's tweeting out, like I think he usually says, hockey night tonight, and then he does all those ridiculous abbreviations. um, It gets like a 100 replies on it. So instead of like three or whatever, because people just probably scroll by it, he gets like hundreds. And that's kind of the goal, I guess, if you're him. Not bad. I mean, he's
0: no kipper or anything, but. We'll leave that out. Uh, and before we actually get to your block, I totally forgot to ask you, what was your thoughts on that Roussel bite? I mean, the guy's a scumbag for what I'm thinking. Like, anytime you bite someone, you're an absolute loser. The NHL is even worse for giving them a five grand fine. That's like like a nickel to your average human being. I, I, yeah. don't, like, I think if you actually bite someone, if you go to that intent, I get it. I don't like what Vlasic was doing with that whole ear grab, hair grab. But if you bite someone on the ice, oh my goodness, you should sit for five, five games. There you go.
1: I wouldn't say five, but I mean, he's still a bit of a guy, although I don't know what the league's doing. They find a guy five grand who just signed for 10 mil last summer. So he's probably wiping his ass with that and just laughing about it. Um, The only thing I guess on top of the five grand is that it adds to the whole, if he does something else, he's a repeat offender. That's stupid though. Because this is
0: exact definition of a non hockey play, like that. There's absolutely no need for that. Other than this guy's a prick, wants to be a loser on the ice, decides to go and bite someone. Oh man! I mean, you just wish one of those guys would eat a stick in the teeth or something.
1: Yeah, I mean, biting somebody isn't really the the way to solve your problems in the NHL. But who did bite Vlasic?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was Mark Edward Vlasic there at the Sharks.
1: I don't think Vlasic's gonna gonna drop his gloves anytime soon, but I don't know, you probably shouldn't bite him. Maybe get a number and run him the next player, two hand him, but don't bite the guy. Just sucker punch him. I'd rather see someone just just toss
0: a fist. I mean, clock him on the eye. You don't have to bite a guy. That's that's just weird, gutless, stupid. I don't like anything about it. Uh, speaking of the halves bruins, I caught a little bit of the game. Didn't really seem like that old classic rivalry out there. I guess it got a little bit heated, but
1: I mean, give me the thoughts. You live blogged about it. So obviously
0: you're paying attention.
1: Yeah, I watched the the whole thing. Um, the first period was pretty back and forth. I mean, I think Montreal was down two nothing after the first and they had two self-inflicted goals where the first one, the young Kotkaniemi on Montreal turned it over raid. Right on David back is a stick who sniped for his first of the year, shout out six and a half million or six mil, whatever. And then the second one, I think it was four on four and a guy who just called up, got called up from the AHL. Uh, Brett Kulak was too slow on the coverage. So it's two, nothing and then no scoring. And one of the worst periods ever, the second period was just awful. Uh, Not really much of anything. And then in the third Montreal got the, the goal waved off and then, uh, Duran had the big rush for Shaw to score, and then Tatar tied it up, and then Duran cross-checked. Uh, I think it was David Backus in the face, and Boston scored on the second half of the double minor. Uh, the third period was really good. The Bell Center was rocking as per usual, and it was super physical. But I think I said this in the blog where you know guys guys get so heated in the rivalry that they stop playing with their heads. Right? I mean. Posternak was ran by Shaw, so he turned around and tripped him and cross-checked him. And then, sure enough, gets a penalty. Montreal ties the game. And then Bacchus takes a run at Drouin, which is you expect that. But then durant cross-checks him in the face, takes a double minor, costs him the game. So those rivalry games are awesome. And I think maybe part of the part of the thing that makes them awesome is the un, undisciplined aspect. Aspect to it. Oh, it's definitely more enjoyable from a fans'
0: perspective, but it just doesn't really feel like a rivalry. Like, the, the I guess the closest thing that we've uh, probably in the past few years is that Calgary Edmonton game that we just saw a couple of weeks ago or a week ago, whatever. Like, that actually felt like a rivalry game because there was a ton of hitting, there was fights, there was chippiness after the whistle and everything. Whereas now it's like, oh, it's a rivalry. He took a run at this guy. That doesn't count.
1: I mean, if you take an entire period off or two periods off, that's not a rivalry game. No, it's not. And that was just kind of like the third period it heated up. I remember in the second, I was more so following line a, and of course leave it to me to have the Leafs and Flyers to go over six and a half goals and have it be six, nothing halfway through the game and have the game end six, nothing. So I don't hit the hit the seven mark I needed, but yeah, rivalry games. I think we need more of it. Um, as our boy John Tortorella said, the NHL is one big hug fest for the most part. And it is Um, just thoughts on Boston. Tucker asked, like, I mean, I think he was named first or second star. He didn't look great. Like, there's a lot of inch over here, inch over there. Shots Montreal probably could have had to win. And uh, Patrice Bergeron solves a lot of problems on that team. I mean, they had at Carlson, JFK, as we called him on last show. And as Brewery's Twitter account calls him. He uh he's a good player, but I mean Marshan and Pasternak at, are at a different level, so it's tough. And then DeBrusk and Krug, but after that, I mean they're struggling.
0: They're pretty banged up. A eh? like Chara's out, Bergeron's out too. Correct.
1: McAvoy's out.
0: See, like they're uh they're taking a beating here. But you know, if you can get half decent goaltending out of Tuka, I mean, Black's gonna be a solid backup for you just squeak out of it 500 tell those guys to get back and healthy then you can get rolling again it's just like that
1: yeah but for the most part i mean yeah i think in the second period i was i said i was following line in how about that five goals and i think he was the first since johan Franz in what seven or eight years ago no didn't barzell have a couple of five bingo nights last year no those were just five point nights I think he had, like, three of them, though. Ah, uh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, okay. I've got
0: no clue then. Um. Also, Line A won that lady a million dollars through Safeway, whatever. You always see it on TV up here. Never actually knew someone would win. But, yeah, five bingos in that lady won a million. So, pretty sick. I think it was a lady. Maybe it's a guy. I don't know. Whatever.
1: Some Canadian won a million bucks. Big deal. Yeah, it's, like, uh, 50 grand over the next 20 years i mean that's like a yearly salary for for some people so yeah but how about i know everyone's talked about line a5 goals line a5 goals line a5 goals but his two line mates kyle connor and brian little with four assists each and man kyle connor's a stud yeah he was well he was
0: pretty sick at michigan too right and everyone just like kind of left him off the radar they're they're like whatever he was on a good team you know because he played with uh with Tyler Mott and Larkin at Michigan and that was like the big line. It doesn't matter I mean what line you're playing on. Obviously at that level it's they're not going to water down the lines as much like they're fine with stacking up that top line. Why? Because you just got to count on the rest to play some 500 hockey. Play even, keep it out of your net. That top line's going to score and that's going to do the job. I mean it's essentially Kind of what, not really what Hitchcock's doing, I guess, what am I talking about? But you know what the Oilers could be doing is like, you know what? Build that team around. You can stack up that top line. Doesn't matter if you have to have McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nuge on it. Just make sure those bottom three lines are going to keep the pocket of your net. Make sure they do their job. Top line's
1: going to do the rest. Yeah, and what's Liney got? Like 15 or 16 goals in his... In his last 10 games, I think it was. Because remember, he started out the year and everyone's like, he can't even score even strength because he didn't for the first, like, I don't know, 12 or 13 games. And that's just, I mean, he still gets his power play goals. I mean, Blake Wheeler on that side, he's either got Shifley in the middle or line A across or Bufflin up up top. It's really ridiculous. But yeah, the Jets, they were struggling a little bit. I mean, they lost to Calgary and stuff, but they're playing better now.
0: The Flames. Big 6-1 win today over Arizona, who looked awful. Man, that team, I feel bad for... If they've got fans, I feel bad for them. I mean, half the rink was empty before the puck dropped. No one wants to watch them. They are brutal. Ranta struggled. How many... They allowed three shorties or something stupid? Like, I get it. Calgary's penalty kill isn't... Like, you know, they're not bad by any means, but they're not phenomenal. How bad do you have to be to allow
1: three shorties in one game? That's a junior B numbers. Well, and, and the funniest thing was before the game, they're talking about the Coyotes penalty kill and how they're always a threat to score. But yeah, TJ Brody's goal, I mean, that's on Rante. It was a bad angle shot and it hit his stick and went through his legs. And then uh Hannafin's second. No, Hannafin had the first, so that was what I was talking about. Then TJ Brody had the second, where he just threw it in front, hit a skate, not much ranch can do. But this is when you can tell a team's down 5-rip, is when you get the puck behind your net for a breakout. Jankowski's forechecking. There's three Coyotes on him. Another one turns up the ice, and Jankowski comes up with the puck and puts a 5-hole to go up 6-rip. Like That's when you know your team's struggling. I mean, I think I tweeted this, that I would not want to be on the Coyotes right now. And especially I've heard Rick talk. It can get a little over the top when he's bad.
0: Really? He's a snapshot, like kicking garbage cans
1: or what? Oh, I th- I think he's a really good coach. I mean, we just heard Strom last week say, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him get too mad, but when he, I don't think I want to either. So fair which enough. like, I mean, pretty much like at any coach, really
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Makes sense. Uh, yeah, the flames have been absolutely rolling though. Uh, how about Phil Peele's goal? Oh, my goodness. Did you see him walk the entire Carolina team? Yeah, I did. That was like 2011 Valtteri Filipula. Yeah, dude, he was wheeling. And I think, I mean, he picks it up in the neutral zone, right? Just round one guy in between four, drags the D-man, goes to his backhand, buries. Nasty.
1: Yeah, I didn't think he really still had that in him. But, I mean, he's the guy who the Islanders obviously need this year with uh, JT... Or a pajama boy, as some people call him in Toronto now.
0: I love seeing those Islander fans. They're still pissed off, eh? They get their, like, uh, JT jerseys, 91. They got them taped over. Like, don't want anything to do with them. Get over it. You lost your star. You play in a brutal rink. Your team's been mediocre for how long? You've got, no, like, nothing around them. Okay, Barzell's okay. Whatever. Like, there was just nothing positive in the Island to keep him there.
1: Yeah. But the funniest thing is that like the year he becomes a free agent is a year that they go and hire Barry Trotz. Who's a Stanley cup winning coach. And they go and hire Lou Lamorello. Who's, I mean, we'll say what we want about him. He's, he means business. And I mean, if you have him on your team, you're, you're probably not as screwed as you would have been with Garth snow, but yeah. And then of course he leaves, right?
0: Lose like a hard ass prick. But he's also like a boys club dude. And I just don't like him because he doesn't like facial hair. And, you know, he's long hair. Nah, no fun. Not a fan of him. Not going to change my mind. Um, also, you know, you brought up a, a pretty fire tweet. Dude, those World Hockey Report bumps. They're getting out there in the 10D world. Hey, uh, you want to just uh, read off some of that? I don't even know. Is that your tweet or something? Whatever
1: you're firing out there. So, yesterday, last night, uh, well, I guess two nights ago, drop Monday, uh, Saturday, Syracuse Crunch beat the Springfield Thunderbirds 3-0, Connor Ingram with a 27-save shutout. And get this, since Andre Vashlewski went down, uh, Edward Pasquale got called up by Tampa to be the backup goalie for, I guess, Louis Domingue it would be now, and Uh, ingram hadn't started i don't think in two weeks in syracuse and i mean makes a lot of sense to to leave a 21 year old goalie on the bench just not playing for two weeks but anyways became the starter um in five games as the starter five and zero, nine forty-four 944 save percentage and two shutouts syracuse has won seven straight and then so shout out to ingram i mean and you ask any goalie they say they want to be playing and when they play more they they're playing better and then yesterday uh Nebraska Omaha playing Arizona State who's one of the top teams in the country and our former guest Emma Winninger, a 44 save shutout thank you very much how do you do yeah i know it was
0: sick uh definitely a ten bump day wininger nasty asu i still think they're a top 10 team in div 1 hockey and as you said about Ingram, I totally agree with that. There's no point in calling him up to sit him on the bench for two weeks. Yeah, I'm sure his bank account's not going to hate it, right? Like, whatever you, when you times your salary by 10 for that uh, little span you're up there. But he needs those games. And as he's proven, you give him those consecutive starts, <sighs> kid's going to be good. Real good. He's just got that natural talent, eh? Like, he's not like a Marc-Andre Fleury... Carry Price, like, you know, some of those just uh, physical, like, athletic goaltenders who are just, like, you know that they're going to be amazing. Whereas Ingram's just, like, a, a chill guy who's like, ah, good enough, you know. Going to make those big saves. He's got that calm demeanor in the net. Like, I definitely think that they're just grooming him for when Vasilevsky kind of hits his prime. Then Ingram's going to be up there. He's going to be that reliable backup goaltender. And yeah, he's going to get his shot down the road. I, I don't think uh, for a second that that's not the plan in Tampa.
1: Well, I mean, and you look at Tampa's cap situation, uh, Braden Point and Vashlevsky will be free agents very soon. So, I mean, you have to wonder, but I mean, Ingram, he's he's proved a lot of people wrong going back to when he, I think he was 13 or 14. We'll have to get him back on this year. But yeah, he's proved a lot of people wrong and, made the world junior team and was passed over once in the draft and then got drafted like third round so i mean he's always kind of proved people wrong his whole career i remember seeing him i think it was
0: uh man i don't know it might have been one of my last years going to like a summer goalie camp so i think it was when i started playing juniors yeah not a big deal uh ingram was still playing midget and i think he won a telus cup that's the midget triple one, right? The Telus Cup. Yeah, yeah. No, you want a Telus Cup? That's correct. With uh, the the Mentos, PA Mintos. So, yeah, dude. I mean, yeah, like sixty
1: good. some, sixty some saves in the final. Yeah, it was
0: like a triple overtime thriller. I mean, it's no Janner record. Uh, Ninety two saves, not a big deal. Chalk that one in the record books to never be broken.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess I mean he he has the NHL contract, so yeah, true. I guess. Eh? Pigeon down, pigeon down. Uh, We'll we'll give you the credit
0: though. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Did you see that video that was flying around the internet? I don't know if I saw it on like Instagram, one of the nineteen social medias we got going on there. Of that kid who gets harpooned on a breakaway, like he's going for the empty netter, and like the D man or back checker literally, actually harpoons him with his stick, like a full out spear toss javelin. It looked like the Olympics.
1: I didn't see that, but. I'll go I'll go check it right now.
0: No way, you didn't see that. I'll have to tag you in it after. It's hilarious. Got to be like a top
1: 10 video of the year. And we're coming down the wire. Yeah, I can't find it. Um what I can find though, we talked about this is is Tom Wilson shaking all those kids' hands and then the one kid just glared at him and, and shook him off there. Dude you would have thought he would have run over
0: Devontae Smith-Pelly or something. Like, that kid cold-handed him. Nothing to do. Like, nope. Tom Wilson, you're a dirty prick. Don't think of touching my hand.
1: Smith-Pelly commented on it, too. He said, beat it at Tom Wilson. Because, <laughs> I, yes. I don't know why. But it's kind of weird, though, because some of those kids were wearing, like, Capitol shirts or something like that. So... We've talked about it before, you know, he's he's on your team, you love him, and he's not, you hate him, so the person mustn't have been a Caps fan. But speaking of the Caps, they're 5-1 and one since, since Tom Wilson has returned from his ridiculous suspension.
0: Dude, I mean, we've talked about it since, like, we started the pod. Like, Tom Wilson's a one-of-a-kind player. He brings so much energy to that team, and honestly, I guarantee you, you can put him on any team you want, and he's a top two line guy. He's just got that. Like he's a. He's honestly he's a skilled hockey player. He's a good hard nosed hockey player. He's not scared of anyone. He can skate. He can hit. He can do it all. And yeah, I mean the Caps are just gonna wreak the benefits. Why? Because he's an unreal player.
1: Yeah, exactly. And he's just he's one of those guys. You you get him back and you're not really going to notice it on the score sheet so much. Although he made a sick pass the other day to Ovechkin who he plays with him and Kuznetsov. And it just seems like that's his spot in the lineup where you like, sure. He'll get 40, 50 points be in that range, but what he does is so much more than a salary number, a point number. It's, it's actually insane. It's, he's one of those guys in the league who comes to first comes to mind where you say, it doesn't show up on the score sheet what he does every night, but that's just a guy you want.
0: Oh, exactly. That's, it's like your ideal, like teammate in a sense of he's going to be the guy to do a lot of the heavy list lifting, like, you know, hammering D men through the glass and then getting back in position. You know, he's going to be that first guy back first guy in the four check. It's your ideal teammate essentially.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he just creates so much space out there for his line mates who, I mean, because Netsup has the puck on his stick pretty much the whole time he's out there. So he creates a lot of space for them.
0: Now, what's your thoughts? I thought I was going to spark a little bit more of a discussion. I thought people are going to pissed off uh, that Adam Lowry thing where I don't know, like, you know, he gets rocked, whatever teammate gets rocked, a little bit of a scrum pushes a guy into his own bench and then he steps in the bench and starts laying into him. I thought it was funny you know what it's like old school hockey essentially i don't think anyone was at like serious harm a couple of people were freaking out i i mean a little bit humorous in a sense of that's just gamesmanship what was your thoughts
1: i don't know i saw don cherry talking about it yesterday like i don't really know what what to say about don cherry but it's kind of funny i mean you don't really see guys just like scrapping right along the bench anymore and I mean, it was a rough game for Winnipeg. Line A almost or he attempted to break his stick about 15 times, but never actually snapped it when the game ended. Um, yeah, I know. that's the type of player Lowry is, though. Like, he's not going to take any shit from anyone. And if a guy hits him or rubs him the wrong way, you better watch out because he's a big, strong dude.
0: What was your thoughts on the the CBC, like, throwback, baby blue night? I, I honestly, I didn't really get to catch too, too much of it was playing in a charity game not a big deal two and two for the kid actually i hit the post with one second left to tie the game brutal straight out of a movie lost it um i know Joke. it was bad i mean honestly i don't know how i'm gonna put on my skates ever again but i guess we'll let them uh, collect dust for another year what was your thoughts on cbc uh old-fashioned hockey night in canada
1: oh i thought they were unreal uh it's a little before my time with the baby blues but You've obviously seen so many clips of the retro days and stuff, and I'd rather I'd rather see that in that color and see a lot of people get hyped for it. I mean, maybe not not so much the logo, but I I do like the whole matching outfit blazers idea with the the baby blues. I think uh, they had a vote about it on Twitter, which I'll I'll try and find the results for. But oh, I I loved it. And I think it's way better than just seeing guys wear like a navy or silver or whatever suit. How was Coach's Corner yesterday? I know you watched it. I did, but it was mm, it was a lot of like just retro stuff and and things like that. Like it wasn't really like I think he did the suits thing with with the guys, obviously, and them walking in and Pasternak's funny hat and stuff like that. Like he just, he went over the Larry and then I think he, he talked about the reverse hit, which is actually a really good play. in in my opinion, and then at the end of the game, he said line, was a good Canadian boy. Yeah,
0: that's a, that's a classic mistake. Or how about when he butchered where hope was from like
1: seven times in a row, Davidson, Ontario, or no. Well, he said McNabb was from Davidson, Ontario.
0: Uh, maybe it was McNabb, then I don't know, whatever. He was he was throwing Exploved. around names the other time. Fun fact, I love Don, though. I know you don't, but hey, we're fine. We're fine. That's all right. We are a diverse podcast, whatever. Coming to you on iTunes, 12-ounce sports radio, wherever you hear the kids. Uh, what else do you got to talk about? Because I know there was a lot of hockey last week that you were watching.
1: Oh, um, here's some we I mean the Hitchcock thing basically happened the Monday our last show dropped, so we didn't really get a chance to get into it. And here, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Uh when I saw Ken Hitchcock's name, I was like, What the hell? Uh we wrote the blog on it and said that it's clearly on Peter Shirelli. And if you're a GM who knows that you're in hot water, then you're gonna play that card. You're gonna play the oh, I can fire my coach because maybe they'll see it's his fault. Then Hitchcock got hired. Uh, He plays an extremely boring game. I, I mean, it's it's kind of what the Oilers need. You could say that, where it's a guy who will scream at you and put discipline into the players. I mean, it's not a long-term answer, and it's it's more so Shirelli's fault, but a really boring game. I watched the whole Anaheim game. I almost fell asleep during it because it was so bad. But his first um, hiccup with the Oilers, they're up one nothing. They're playing a solid I don't know if you could call it solid for him or them even. And two minutes left, uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and whoever else, like Kajula, get out there. One minute left, he switches them, not for Nugent Hopkins, who's probably the other's most reliable 2A player, but for Milan Lucic, Kyle Brodziak, and Zach Cashin. Uh, two of those players can't skate, the other one's Zach Cashian. And, of course, Anaheim tides the game up because... Nick Richie's left open on the slot where which is where Lucic or Prodziak should have been, which I mean, just like to put your third, fourth line, I don't wanna know what they're calling it, but that's almost unacceptable to have Lucic out there.
0: Yeah, I was kind of questionable about the Hitchcock thing, and I know my blog probably seemed like a little bit harsh towards them. But yeah, again, like come on. The guy really hasn't had that much success in the past fifteen years. You know what? It doesn't matter. If he's going to roll those top two lines and they're going to win throughout the regular season, great. But look, at he did that with St. Louis. He did that with Philly to the point of they, they'll they do great in the regular season. Playoffs, they're burnt out. Playoffs, deep teams win where his teams haven't been. And whatever, it's going to be a first-round exit. Congrats, you get a shitty draft pick now. Good thing you hired Hitchcock.
1: Yeah, he, he wears on guys. And the quote from Friedman this week was, He he knows the cameras on him. Like when they show him on the bench, it looks like this calm, quiet guy. But one of his former players, I think it was a guy on Dallas, said when the he knows the cameras off him, like you better, you better look out. Like he's he's one of those old school coaches. He's not afraid to tell you you suck or anything like that. But this this is maybe what the Oilers need, and they called up Puliary because Hitchcock thinks he can fix him. So we'll see. New school players.
0: Cannot handle old school coaches. It's like, I'm not going to say it's like all millennials and like young NHLers are eating freaking Tide Pods and stuff. But honestly, they just can't take the verbal abuse. Like think of Tortorella and how he connects with the young guys. I'm not going to say Panarin's, you know, one of those classic young guys because he's his own case. But those coaches who are so like verbally invested in it and vocal about, hey, if you do good, I'm going to tell you. But if you do bad, I'm also going to tell you players just don't seem to handle that anymore. And I mean, probably one of the best guys we should have talked to about that would have been Cole Lind and asked him about playing for Kent Woods because the guy was crazy. But also he was one of my favorite coaches because he was a straight shooter. And that's what I enjoyed being a former player. Like I enjoyed when your coach would say it as it is. Because I just hate having that like gut feeling of not knowing what's going through their minds. And honestly, everyone who's saying that communication was a problem for Todd McClellan, maybe that's one of the reasons. You know, maybe guys are too, you know, even if you spend like 10% of your brain energy, whatever you want to call it, thinking about, oh, what's McClellan thinking of right now? It's going to take you off your game. It's going to take you away from, you know, what you should be focusing on.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why we've seen a trend with younger coaches, uh, more so college coaches getting the jobs now. Uh, We see it with Jim Montgomery in Dallas and then David Quinn with the Rangers, and both teams are doing pretty well. I mean, the Rangers are overachieving, but maybe that's the fresh voice that David Quinn might be. And it seems like the older coaches are getting weeded out like – we're kind of on our last waves where there's new guys that take over. Like you look throughout the league and there's so many coaches who have been in it for so long, really. And then even, I guess, Jeremy Colleton in Chicago, he's, he's 29 years old. Like they're younger than half their team in some cases. So I think that's, that's one of the things where you hire a younger guy to maybe get to the younger guys. But the thing with Chicago and, and Quenville was he did really well with Alex DeBrincat and, I don't really know. And then he was playing uh, Henry Yoki Haryu of Portland. He played there last year. Uh, They're playing him in the last. So, yeah.
0: Now, a little bit off of like classic hockey talk, but, you know,
1: I, I don't know. Are you much of a, a
0: reader? Like I see all these Challers writing books. I've read a couple like loved the Theo Fleury one. The Kelly Rudy one was also awesome as well. I haven't got to like the Cujo book. I mean, I'm not a big Sean Avery fan. Not going to read that book. Let's be realistic here. But like, are are you someone who's going to read a book or is that not, uh, not up your alley?
1: Maybe not book. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I'm more so reading like different articles and stuff. I don't know if I'd sit down and read an entire book from, you know, a guy's younger days to his older days and what the old NHL was like, because I think you get enough of that with what's out there for the disposal these days, which hasn't been there the last couple of years where, you know, there's a lot more access to ex-NHLers. And I know we're not supposed to talk about other podcasts, but I mean, spit and chiclets, like you look at them and they got all the ex-NHLers on there and so many old stories and stuff like that. And I mean, I i know uh well i guess rich pilon even i we should probably get him on the show but i know him and you hear a lot of the stories so i'm not really one to sit down and read a book per se unless it's a textbook for school which sucks
0: loser schools for fools i learned that off of a very classic movie i believe adam sandler was in it so a life lesson right there uh i mean honestly i liked reading books especially like you know, when you're sitting on a bus for a long time, that's kind of how I got into it. When it's like, okay, I don't want to watch Slapshot or some stupid movie that a rookie picked. Like, I'm not going to sit on a 10-hour bus ride and just watch movies. So, yeah, I enjoyed reading a book, you know, get into that once in a while. Um, we haven't discussed the trade. Uh, Chris Weidman to the Oilers. I know uh, we always talk about them needing some defense, man. Both had to crack Uber jokes. I know I was cracking jokes on the radio about it. Uh, All in all, though, what's your thoughts? Do you think he can actually help? Like, how good of a D-man
1: is he? Like a six defenseman? Jeez. Like, it's a conditional six-round pick for a guy who was basically inevitably going to be traded. Uh, Like, he's good for, what, 15 points a year? He's got five this year like means a minus nine uh he played in the playoffs for Ottawa when they they went on that run to the Eastern Conference finals there and in the ahl he was a points guy like 51 points in 2014 uh 61 in 2015 so he's a number six who is probably gonna play second power play maybe even first power play because doesn't look like cleft bombs that guy he hasn't shown it in two years anyways um yeah he's it's more so to to kind of weed Matt Benning out, who's just been awful this year. Like he had a good first year, not so great last year, and very poor this year. I mean, he's been the culprit of a lot of goals against in the early going and he's kind of been the whipping boy amongst the defense this year. So I think Chris Wideman is it's a good get for, you know, what you paid for it. I mean, he said McDavid was one of the first guys to reach out for him, so there's your leadership with McDavid.
0: And another Oilers question for you is, do you think that Koskinen's taken the starting role? Like, man, he's been rolling in net, I think. Every time I've watched him, I've been like, okay, yep, this is uh, kind of what I expected. Pretty calm demeanor back there. You know what? He's not a top 10 NHL goalie. He's not a top 15 NHL goalie, but he's a capable backup, and he's a capable, capable guy of playing 50% of the games and pushing Cam Talbot, which... You know, something that we said before the season, well, I said, and everyone's like, oh, Cam's getting back to his 2016 ways. You know, it's going to be all gold for him. I don't know. Like, I honestly think Costkin is taking over the starting role.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, in 2016, Cam Talbot played, what, he played 70-some games. So it's hard for goalies to recover from that. Like, those days just aren't really a thing anymore. Like, it's usually like a 50-30 split, not a 75 75- seven split like it was back in the early Brodeur days and stuff like that um Koskinen's played well he's he's a big guy and there are times where he gets too deep in his net or where he just seems like he's blocking the puck opposed to actually stopping it and controlling it um but at this point as an Euler fan you can't really nitpick too much because I mean Cam Talbot's been bad uh koskinen has been bad. Victor Foss was bad. Anders Nielsen was bad. Like Ben Scrivens was bad. Like, I mean, you look at the de- defense in front, and that's where the blame can be put on. But it's also the goalies because you look at some of the def- defense around the league. Um, we'll talk about them, but Buffalo's D is nothing to get up about, and their goalies both have nine 9- nine nineteen and nine twenty six save percentages. So
0: yeah, speaking, of, I mean, there's a couple of teams that are catching fire, like. The Rangers and the Sabres, they're looking all right. I honestly, I don't put much on the Rangers because like, you know, you talk like, okay, American Thanksgiving, you can see who's in the playoffs and who's not like, let's go with 70% of that's accurate. But what do you think the Sabres ceiling is? Like, do you think they could actually do some damage in the playoffs? Just being a young team, a momentum rolling team, like, do you think they could get hot at the right time? And if they're in a playoff spot, they could, you know, upset a
1: couple of teams. playoffs like of course i think there'll be a playoff team uh damage no just you look at the division uh tampa boston toronto even even montreal is there like they're not as good as the sabers obviously and then in the other division washington pittsburgh philly columbus i mean philly doesn't have a goalie obviously but at the same time like you look and all these teams have been been through the ringer and stuff and you look at the leafs i mean one of the best regular season teams the last two years and first round exits both years right so
0: it's the ken hitchcock special
1: yeah well i mean i think the the thing is you have to get to the, you have to lose first before you're going to going to win and i know it sounds uh typical or it's a classic saying but you look at the eastern conference there and there's a lot of guys who have been there done that and you look at the sabres sure they have jason palmerville but they're led by Jack Eichel, no playoffs. Jeff Skinner, I don't think... Yeah, in in Carolina, no playoffs. Sam Reinhart, no playoffs. Kyle Okposa won, what, one playoff round in the Islanders? And then Ruslina and Darlene, Shiri. Shiri's won cups, but, I mean, Sidney Crosby doesn't play for Buffalo. And then their goaltending, I think that's the biggest thing. Carter Hutton, uh, 919 save percentage. Linus Allmark, 926 save percentage. So, you look at the Sabres and all this, like, they only have... One guy with over 10 goals. And then they only have two guys who are averaging more than a point per game. And then Pondville, 18 and 24, Reinhardt, 16 and 24. So you look at the Sabres and ever since Ryan Miller left, they haven't really found their guy, I guess, until now.
0: It's impressive. And honestly, I'm not sold on Hutton back there, but on their overall offense, I do like that. You know, they that they're getting balanced scoring, right? They're not heavily leaning on a guy. And you know, I mean, middle stats, nasty kid's going to be a stud once he gains some weight. Eichel, you know, he's a heck of a player. He's, a, he's one of the most skilled players in the NHL. So they've got the talent up front. They're going to be able to outscore some teams. Yeah. They're, they are pretty similar to the Leafs. Like you're fair to make that assumption.
1: Yeah. I think the only thing that I'll back Hutton for here is I heard a, an interview with him in the summer after he signed and, he said Buffalo has the same goalie coach that he had back in the American Hockey League. So, and we obviously just talked about two goalies that so I'm friends with, and having a goalie coach that you know you really click with and get along with, I think that's a huge thing, like at at any level really, but especially at the NHL. Hutton said that he's familiar with with the Sabres guy. I don't know his name, but Allmark too. I mean Allmark's only twenty five. He's six four and he's got nine twenty six save percentage. So. They got the Hutton on the couple-year deal there and then Allmark for the future.
0: Nah, I'm not I'm not sold on Allmark yet. Nah, he's very much like Markstrom and, you know, maybe a little bit worse. Just a little bit, a little bit. Um, another funny picture that we uh, haven't talked about. Tweeted it out the other day, World Hockey RPT on Twitter. There was like 10 guys in a palette. I got no clue what level that was at. It's kind of funny, though like 10 guys in a penalty box look jam-packed have you ever seen anything like that in any of your games when you're playing
1: not in my games personally but i was at a blades game oh probably 10 years ago and there was a big line brawl and like it was like the old 16 year old line on the blades too and then there's five each in the box which i mean it's funny to see for sure yeah i always uh have a little bit of humor with that um
0: no William Nylander news yet. Are, are you shocked not to hear anything?
1: It's. Did you see that that guy the other day? Tweets a picture of him with Kyle Dubas and he goes, just talk to Kyle Dubas. There's going to be a Nylander announcement at 5 p.m., he told me. And like this guy, I think he's standing outside Columbus's rink with Kyle Dubas. I mean, who even knows if that picture was taken before their, their Friday game there? But there's so much stuff and... If there's one organization who never lets anything out, it's the Leafs, right? Like, it's just a circle of trust with the Leafs, and there's really like, you never hear anything from them. So, like, I feel like one day, um, we're just going to see a tweet from Leafs PR saying the Leafs have agreed to a six year deal with William Nylander. And they'll be like, oh, Nylander signed. Like, it's not going to be some big lead up with rumors and stuff because that doesn't happen in Toronto. But I mean, I think he's going to sign. Babcock said he thinks he's going to sign. Everyone wants him to sign. Like I want them to trade him. Honestly, I'm not a Leafs fan, but if they're not,
0: if they're like smart, if they got one tenth of a brain, they trade him for a good D man Like Dubis is a smart kid. Don't get me wrong, but you need to help out that team. You got an opportunity to, and honestly. I've said it since, I don't know who was on. I don't remember. It might've been they were talking, but like Marner was talking about like how close like him, Matthews and Marlo are. And like, there's the video of them singing. Like, you know, not once in that interview did he bring up Nylander. And honestly, I don't know if when they talked to Matthews, if he brought up Nylander either. Why? I don't think he's a part of that circle. And that's one of the things is like, everyone wants to go like, oh, teams don't have these little clicks. Well, yes, they do. I mean, that's part of life. When you're with someone twenty-four-seven essentially, you're gonna grow some strong friendship bonds, and I think they're totally fine without having Willie Nylander there. Get rid of him, ship him off, bring in a sick D-man who's just gonna boost the morale.
1: I'd agree with that. Uh the thing with Nylander, he's a 30 goal guy, and maybe the Leafs don't need it. I mean they shouldn't be, but they might be looking at Pitts they must might be looking at Pittsburgh circa twenty 17 when they won the cup against nashville and their defense was was it ryan ron hainsey brian Dumoulin justin schultz ollie mata like not a lot of big like morgan riley's better than any of those guys but i don't know like he's gonna sign i mean it's it's the last week so so something's got to give uh i don't think he's gonna set up the whole year but he seems to be setting the mark right now for You know, the the RFAs to come, but we'll get to that at a later date.
0: Man, if you sit out an entire season, I hope I I don't I mean, you don't wish bad on anyone, but I hope you never make an impact in the NHL again. Honestly, I'm fine if you get snipped two games in, you know, you, you never want someone to lose their job. But if you're such a little prick that you sit out an entire NHL season, I don't care what your dad's telling you to do because he sat out. I don't care if you think you're worth an extra 400 grand. If you're going to be that petty about it, you're just like the shittiest teammate of all time. Plus, yeah, you don't deserve to be back in the NHL. Like You're a loser if you're sitting out a contract for what seems to be minuscule money. And if that's the case, bet on yourself. Take a short term deal. Take a little bit more money. Short term. Prove yourself.
1: It's just one of those things where you look at it. And it's it's a weird situation because they have three high end guys who are gonna who are gonna eventually sign with Matthews and Marner and Nylander doesn't want to be you know a couple million dollars less than either of them. So yeah, I I don't know what's gonna happen. I think he signs like I'd say six years thirty or six years forty million. I think would be. A fair number for both sides. like It's like, I don't know, 6.8. I'm not doing the math in my head, but something like that. Yeah, I'm no math guy. I was kind of trying to think about doing that. I'm
0: like, wait, no, there's no chance Channer gets that. Uh, quick WHL update.
1: Give me what's new there in uh, the Western League. The Prince Albert Raiders have won 15 straight games. Damn. And they're 24 and 23 and 1. That is the Prince Albert Raiders record. 23 and 1.
0: What's the best a team's ever like started off with, like one loss?
1: I don't know this. I haven't seen any records. I know like win streak. I think is up over twenty, um, in the low twenties. But they're playing. They're actually playing Red Deer, I believe, on Tuesday, and that's the only team that beat them. Um, Brett Leeson has fifty four points in twenty four games. He's a plus 40, 4-0. forty four zero. He's been on the ice for forty more goals than than against. Uh, he's got like it's so weird. Like I mean how many times have you seen it where a guy's career high for points was 33 before this year and he's already got 54. Like it's, he's going to get drafted. I don't think he's going to play world juniors. I think he'll, he'll be close, but it's just one of those things where I saw him at the super series. He was good, but not like a stud because it's, it's two steps ahead. And we saw with Tyler Steenbergen last year, um, Lit up the dub like what have had 70 goals. I think he finished with like mid 50s and he was Canada's 13th forward because there just didn't seem to be a spot for him there. Uh, I mean, at least four anywhere. inches taller. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it there. Uh, I think Ian Scott's going to be their backup goalie at the World Juniors or even started with Di Pietro. Uh, it's so weird because once again, like, how often in any league do you see a guy with a career? 898 safe percentage go in and come come the next year with a 948 safe percentage like that's crazy to think about like they're they're a deep team uh, i wouldn't uh tinker with it too much at the deadline just because they're so good and they have so much like they have so much depth there but it'll be interesting to see how december goes they'll be losing scott for sure for the royal juniors and maybe a guy like parker kelly or leeson too so you take a top six forward and your top goalie out, and we'll have to see. Could you imagine they go like zero for seven or something? That stretch,
0: that'd be rough. Yeah, their back goalie has an eight sixty four save percentage. So hey, you could win games with an eight sixty four. I won a playoff game once and allowed eight goals. Decided to go. Anything's possible. Wow, we won nine eight overtime. Probably the most impressive win of my life. I honestly tried to lose it for the team. I think it was. I think we were down like probably 6-1 or 6-rip. And I was like, please just give me the hook. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. We're going to win this series. I know it, but this is just not a good night. Kept me in. Janner's just getting shelled left, right, and center. All of a sudden, the boys pull a rally in the
1: third. Come back, win it, no tea. Thriller. Bang. All right. If you want to see any team, including the Prince Albert Raiders, play, check out SeatGeek. SeekEak is an app that takes out the confusion from buying tickets. Tickets are given a grade based on value, a 1-10 to 10 score to let you know if you're getting a good or bad deal. View from the seats lets you see where you're going to sit so you don't end up behind any poles or restricted viewing. Download the app, go to the settings tab, hit add a promo code, use our promo code World Report, all caps, no spaces, For $20 off your first SeatGeek order, that is World Report, all caps, no spaces, for $20 off your first SeatGeek order.
0: And of course, uh, for being a beauty, a listener, go check out 12-ounce sports radio because they are legends over there, the sports talk radio. Also, I mean, hey, they're coming on the pod. We might as well talk about them right now. Any Day Rose, hit them up. Sick product. It's classy. It's exactly what you need. I mean, American Thanksgiving. I know it's past. Whatever you missed, your opportunity. You got Christmas coming up. You got to impress people any day. Rose, it's uh, definitely a drink you need to try out. Adam, I got one more question for you. I've seen this on my Twitter, Instagram stories, Facebook. People are bringing them back. What's your thoughts
1: on Cooperalls? Uh, no. Because those would be so uncomfortable to play with, I wouldn't want to do it. I think Kamloops did it on a nationally broadcast game a couple of years ago, and I don't know. No, those were fake cooperalls, you dumbass. They didn't actually wear cooperalls. They were just like pants and socks that looked like it. They're like track pants. No, they they actually no. wore legit cooperalls. Like, well, those like no track way. pants, kind of. They
0: were definitely pants and socks. Like that were just like designed like cooperalls. Oh, I'm going to, I want to bring this up right now. Yeah. We're going to, or you're going to have to like, you're just going to have to tweet out a picture of it. If this is, I mean, if it's proof, whatever you win this one, I don't know. Not sold on it. Yeah,
1: no, They're, they were they Cooperalls.
0: Well, I guess that's how we're going to end it. You know, I guess for the listeners, if Adam tweets it out, if Adam tweets out a picture, proves me wrong. There you go. He wins the day, wins the week. It's a world hockey report with Cody and Adam. Thank you for tuning in, like, subscribe, share, comment. I don't care. Do all of it or do none of it. Whatever. Download the episodes. Beauties dropping on Monday, of course. We're on Twitter at WorldHockeyRPT website, WorldHockeyReport.com. Adam,
1: time to go watch the rest of the Grey Cup? Yeah, go Red Blacks because screw the Stampeders. Stamps, baby. See ya. See ya.